welcome to episode 10 of Companion to the Perception Check. Tonight, uh, I'll, I'll be your host, and I am joined by... Seth Colgrove. And Zachary Ruffin. Good evening, fellas. So tonight we'll be discussing the sorceress. Uh, sorcerers and sorceresses, I should say. Um, a long, I guess a long staple in, in fantasy lore, the innate spellcaster is kind of, I don't know, it's, they, they've, they've kind of been there next to your, your wizards, your learned spellcasters. Yeah. And, uh, They've got sort of a history in the game, but early on, actually, they were just, if you were a certain level as a wizard, you were called a sorcerer. Early enough. Like, like, first or second edition, I think. Well, you also have, I guess, the... I, I suppose they could be seen as, as evolving out of the classical mage class, just a, a magic yeah. user. Yeah. Uh, with no, no real this, no, no real I guess I guess they're, they're, they're considered learned, but not in the same way a wizard is, where they're got their spell books and, and all that. It's just sort of a innate spell casting yeah, ability. Yeah, sorcerers don't, don't prepare spells, and they and they, um, they're usually self-taught. So which, which brings up our, our point of, you know, how, how do you, how do you come about to play a sorcerer or a sorceress? You know, the, the thought of it here is, and, and how I, I play it with mine is a, Uh, how to put it a a, a self made smug bastard yeah that sounds about right <laughs> sunshine <laughs> <laughs> um, because unlike a wizard you don't you don't go through the you don't go through training for your spells you don't study spell books Unlike clerics, although you do have a time as an apprentice where you can multiply brooms, <laughs> that ability goes away though when you hit level one. <laughs> are, are we sure? Are we sure about that, or is that just like a a nightmare force-fed into every apprentice? <laughs> or, or is that how they determine who? Who has the innate ability? Do they wake up with that, with that nightmare, and they realize they have the gift? <laughs> yeah, I think that's just the nightmare that janitors have, not, <laughs> not so much sorcerers. Would that be Doctor Jan Etor? <laughs> yes, that's the guy. <laughs> So yeah, that's I mean that that's how I I tend to play uh, or how I play my sorcerer is just I I've been chosen you know I don't need any 
you know, don't don't need any of this book learning, and I'm better than you people who well, don't have my ability. Even their stats kind of back that style of play up because the, because of their nest, because of their needs for how they cast spells or charisma has to be really high, which means they have very strong um, personality and very and very much have a presence to them. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that be, because of that, you're right. There, they would be um, be close to on par with with a rogue for their. Well, no, not. I'm sorry, I'm misthinking. Who's the other class who who has high charisma? Both for their... warlocks and bards use a lot of. Both warlocks and bards use charisma also. I feel like that's why our characters rub each other the wrong way. We both have different sorts of charisma. I and I will say this: that makes the 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 banter is is great, Seth. I yeah, well, well, it's because my charisma is based in awesomeness, and yours is based in assholeness. I mean, that's... <laughs> well, you put those together, it's it's going to cause some fireworks, <laughs> and that leads on. You know how how does the how does the sorcerer or sorceress, you know, fit into a party, especially if you have a, a party that could be heavy in in spell casting already. Because I mean, let's face it, even with unarmored defense or mage armor, the the sorcerer is definitely a back back room or back of the room lobbing magic missiles well it, in terms of uh, in terms of the really heavy spellcasters um, the sorcerer is about on par with most bards not the not the college of valor because they actually get some uh, good weapons and shields but it's about on equipment on par with a bard um, they're not so as far as the spellcasters they're not quite as good as warlocks but they're definitely better than wizards so they're sort of a middle of the road spellcaster yeah I mean and all of those are behind the cleric and sort of goes back and forth with exactly where the druid fit that really depends on certain fair enough now the the fun thing I, I do enjoy from the the sorcerer standpoint is even within the party you've got much like the other some of the other classes you know well all the other classes there are essentially multiple paths but you for story wise you sort of have to pick it at the beginning yeah um, the only other classes that have to pick their uh, their things at the beginning are warlocks, sorcerers, and clerics, actually. Um, and even then, warlocks don't really pick what their class truly is until level three. They just have to pick their patron at one, which gives them a couple of powers, but still a lot of that's locked in their sort of subclass choice three. They get to choose twice. <laughs> nice. Um, 
but yeah, because you you've got the the draconic bloodline, uh, a wild magic, and storm sorcery origins, and you know e each one of those will, you know it it gives you mechanical differences, but also a great a great wealth of backstory to to move upon um, as you you know when you when you've picked it up yeah I mean like while and it really helps you make an interesting character from the start because even if you take wild magic there's like four or five different things listed as specific examples in the player's handbook for different ways that can be interpreted yeah I, I like my draconic bloodline because it dragons tend to be haunty overlording and just assholish, and that just feeds right into my character. Yeah. Well, you are, you do have your power from a good dragon, though. That, that may be, but... It's a gold dragon, and they are kind of douchebag. Uh, yeah. They're just good <laughs> douchebags. They're, you know, someone could be a good guy and still be a douchebag. Or, you know, yeah. my case, oh yeah, I got this great, great ability. Oh, it's from a dragon. Dragons are douche, can be douchebags. I'll be a douchebag dragon. Well, that uh, all sounds very reasonable. It does, especially when you consider the, you know, the world domination plans of the, of, of the character itself. And, you know, that just all yep. feeds in. Be able to rationalize anything. Um, so when you when you're when you're building it, you're you get your proficiencies in small small close range arms for the most part, daggers, darts, slings, quarterstaffs, and a light crossbow. You're not as a sorcerer, you know, you're not a set, you're not really meant to be a heavy hitter physically. Um, yeah. And you get a constitution and charisma saving throw. And you get skill, you get, choose two skills, arcana, deception, insight, intimidation, persuasion, and religion. I think I got... Yeah, I still think it's funny that our, uh, just thinking about that, our cleric, our dwarf cleric isn't trained in religion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, dwarves are a fickle bunch. Is he, is he our agnostic cleric? Calling on divine power that I have yet to have solid evidence does or does not exist? The, the kobolds could have randomly been barbecued. That's right. <laughs> uh, so we, we've got the three... Sorceress origins, draconic bloodline, where an ancestor was endowed with power from a dragon, and it's kind of moved through the family. Wild. There are other ways to interpret it, but yeah. Or someone made a pact with an evil dragon, I suppose. Yeah. Yep. Or perhaps something happened when you were hit with breath. That that's what I thought your way you got it was. Um, you were you were hit with dragon breath. You survived, 
but you were, as you thought, tainted. Say tainted. More like my character's blessed to be above other elves. <laughs> so yeah, tainted. <laughs> um, wild magic from just forces of chaos. It says, I think we we look we thought about. I know in the the spell plague has dissipated in the storyline of the Forgotten Realms, but you could have stumbled onto healing portions depending on how you wanted to do it. I think that's how we decided. I know Tina's Akamar character is that. I don't remember what her explanation was for having got it. Was it Spell Plague? I don't remember. Might have been Spell Plague. And... In the... She can leave our, she can leave our first angry comment. <laughs> got it all wrong? Yeah. Um... And in the Sword Coast Adventure, it gives a third, the um, Storm Sorcery, which is, I, I've got to say, it's it seems more of trying to mimic the, oh gosh, um, the wizard's School of Evocation, I think? No. I didn't see that. It does sort of remind me of a different way of approaching the Tempest domain for clerics, but... Just... That's what it most resembles to me, but I see it as very much its own thing. I mean, you get you get all the time flight later. I mean, so it's got and controlling the wind and doing some other stuff. Of course, you have to do it with a little tin... with a little tuner. <laughs> uh, re reading over it, it actually kind of reminds me. I'm actually halfway through, or um, two thirds of the way through the Draconic Prophecies, or in the on the in the Eberron series, and it kind of reminds me of the Mark of the Storm there. Um, I don't remember what house text associated with, but I've heard of it. I think Lacander. Okay. Um, it just kind of you could you could in theory take take that I, I guess if you wanted to set this on Eberron you could use a the the storm storm sorcery and use that to create a Lacander dragon mark yeah you could um, also just a little bit of background the um, the storm sorcery option first appeared as a playtest in the supplement Nautical Adventures, which was a like an Arth Arcana on uh, dnd.com. Might be one of those I might have to try out later on if I swing back around to a sorcerer. So, let's talk about the, the abilities. We'll go through the base abilities and then moving on through to each origin, but at, as a sorcerer at level 2 you get uh, sorcery points um, which allows you to do 
more. You get um, they've got a table there, and you can do things like flexible casting. Uh, so you can create spell slots, convert a, cell, convert a spell slot to sorcery points, um, which could be useful. A lot, of the, uh, a lot of the higher-end sorcerer abilities require sorcery points to use. So. But if you have a lot of spells but not many sorcery points left... Yeah, you can... Well, and but if you're, it's one of those if if you're, you know, mid level and you're you've run out of spell slots and whatever you're fighting's just not dead yet, you know, converting those sorcery points to to spell slots can be a lifesaver. Yeah. Um, but you get two meta magic options at level three. And then another one at 10th and 17th level. Um, careful, uh, you get to choose two. Um, uh, careful spell where you can protect creatures from a spell's full force. Um, if it requires a saving throw. For our campaigns, that's not really use, too terribly useful since we don't we don't allow friendly fire. Um, well, I have a feeling by the end of that first the, of Zach's campaign, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Zach is going to say, "I'm tired. I, I am tired of this. <laughs> that that spell goes horribly horribly wrong, and you all die. I'm done with it. I'm not dealing with you all anymore." You cast fireball centered on yourself, but I'm not a wild magic sorcerer. Oh. <laughs> well, he let us spend a week doing whatever we want, and I threw wild parties and did a photo shoot. So I mean, you get you. You also can choose distance spell, which allows you to. Uh, double the range of a spell if it has five feet or greater or if it's a range of touch you can spend a sorcery point and make it 30 feet um, so you can miss her fantastic that's right um, empower spell one sorcery point to re-roll the number of damage dice up to your charisma modifier but you must use the new rolls um, you can use empower spell even if you use a different metamagic option on it so that can be very helpful. Especially if you're yeah. rolling ones like we tend to do. Um, you can extend the spell with a duration of one minute or longer to double its duration up to a maximum of 24 hours. Um, when you cast, you can do heightened spell, cast a spell. Hey, what if, hey, what if you do it to, what if you double the duration of a spell that's permanent? <laughs> Negates it, or they can't escape it even in death. <laughs> I died. I'm I'm at the pearly gates. Why why am I why am I still on fire? Uh, um, heightened spell. I like this one. When you cast a spell that forces a creature to make a saving throw. 
resist the effect, you can spend three sorcery points and give one target a spell disadvantage on the first saving throw made against the spell. Um, quicken, quicken spell, spend two sorcery points that uh, casting time from a one action to a bonus action. Subtle spell, you can spend one sorcery point to cast it without any semantic or verbal components. Twin spell, when you cast a spell that targets only one creature and doesn't have a range of self, you can spend the number the number of sorcery points equal to the spell's level to target a second creature in range of the spell. One sorcery point if it's a cantrip. Um, so at to be eligible, the spell must be incapable of targeting more than one creature at the spell's current level. For example. For example, Magic Missile and Scorching Ray aren't eligible, but Ray of Frost and Chromatic Orb are. And you also can't use it for something that doesn't actually have a target, like Fireball. Um, well, Fireball does have a target. I thought it was a... No, it's a creature. I think it has to say creature. I thought Fireball was just you choose a point. I thought that still counted. When I listen to the Age of Bites thing, but oh well. Yeah. Um, and then you get your ability score improvements at 4, 8, 12, 16, and 19th levels. Um, and at level 20, you regain, you get Sorceress re Restoration, you regain 4 expended sorcery points when you finish a short rest. Which is good if you only have a small time to breathe. Um, So let's move on to the Sorcerer's Origins. Um, the Draconic Bloodline, which I'm currently playing, is... It's fun. I, I, will, I will go ahead and admit it. Especially for my role-playing style. Um, a magic... Your innate magic comes from Draconic magic that mingled with your blood or your, one of your ancestors. Uh, you choose a dragon ancestor... A dragon ancestor and the color of the dragon gives you um, a damage type and there's a nice table there for my goal I'm going I, I went with golden got fire um, it also allows you to re speak read and write draconic um, if if you're proficient in charisma and make a charisma check when interacting with dragons, your proficiency bonus is doubled. So you might be able to sweet talk your way out of a being eaten. Um, In my experience, sweet talking dragons has never gone well. <laughs> um, you also get draconic resist resilience. Um, you get you increase your maximum hit point hit point by one. And it increases by one again whenever you gain a level in this class, giving you another hit point. And your when you aren't wearing armor, your armor class is 13 plus your dex modifier. Um, at 6th level, you get elemental affinity. When you cast a spell that deals the damage type associated with your draconic ancestry, you add the charisma modifier to one damage roll of that spell. Um, Note, do not be a descended from a green dragon. 
And because everything is resistant to poison. <laughs> and then at the same time, you can spend a sorcery point to gain resistance to that damage type for an hour. At 14th level, you get Dragon Wings um, and gain a flying speed equal to your current speed. Um, you can create the wings as a bonus action on your turn. Last until you dismiss them as a bonus action on your turn. Can't, manif can't manif yeah, manifest wings while wearing the armor unless it's made to accommodate them. Um, I like the sentence immediately after that. <laughs> And then if, if you are wearing clothes, they might be destroyed. They might be destroyed when you manifest them. That uh, sounds just like your character. He would expose his wings just to show off his <laughs> sunshininess. <laughs> yeah, big golden chest, now covered with scales in some places. He goes, ah! <laughs> I, I figured your... I figured your... Your, um, your bard would want something like that to increase... To, to cut down on production costs for his shows. Uh, you, you never know. You never know. <laughs> I, uh, I'm hoping that my bard has achieved some level of uh, fame from all this. <laughs> <laughs> and then at 18th level, you get Draconic Presence. You can channel the Dread Presence of your dragon ancestor and causing those around you to become awestruck or frightened. You can spend five sorcery points to draw on this power and ex exude an aura of awe or fear, your choice, to a distance of 60 feet. Um, for one minute or until you lose your concentration, as if you were casting a concentration spell, each hostile creature, when it starts its turn in the aura, must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed if you choose awe or frightened if you choose fear until the aura ends. Um, if a creature succeeds, it's immune so to if, your... If they're, charmed or sit, if they're charmed due to your awe, they'll sit there going, Awe. No, it's awe. A-W-E. Yeah? Awe. <laughs> uh, and if they succeed, they're, they're immune for 24 hours. So... I can't wait till 14th or 18th level, although I, I do think by 18th level you should be powerful enough that it's... Some of these are just kind of an afterthought in some ways. You should be powerful enough without it. This just adds a little icing to the cake. <laughs> well, when you go back to Evermeet and are trying to get at Queen Amlarule to give up her throne... I can I can exude my aura. Yeah, uh, you're gonna exude all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, we've got we've got wild magic, and Megan is playing one of these in Kevin's campaign. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of hoping to get her on here, but alas, equipment failure prevented that. Um, you get. Um, Forces of Chaos somehow expose you to uh, the raw magic and, you know, came, come intensified, swirled around you, and bam, you can cast spells now. Um, so, at level one, you get my wild magic surge, 
Um, if the uh, once per turn after you cast a sorcerer spell of one or higher, you roll a d20 on a one roll on the magic surge table to create a magical effect. Um, some of them good, some of them good, some of them not so good. And and I mean it's it's not too you know it's not too hindrance in some cases and not too overpowered because you can't use meta magic on it and doesn't require concentration if the spell normally does. Um, yeah, some of my some of my favorites include uh, some of the bad ones. Fireball centered on yourself. <laughs> Also, like, you grow a beard of feathers that disappears when you sneeze. <laughs> you can also... It, you lose all your hair and turn bright blue until you someone casts a remove curse spell on you or similar magic. And another one, you turn into a potted plant for one... I can't remember, one round or one minute or something. I don't know. You can... Uh, if you roll a 19 or a 20, you cast Grease centered on yourself. And in our campaigns, that's usually a death sentence. Because that's generally our go-to, our our go-to uh, plan. Yeah, like something centered on yourself. Would that be like fireball centered on yourself? No, I think it. You know, I'm I'm. I, I think grease would cast fine because we've done it several times to escape. I just think that you know it could cause some problems because then somebody's going to cast fireball and you're going to catch fire. I, uh, I kind of like a unicorn controlled by the DM appears in a space within five feet of you. That's just fantastic. Unless <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're an evil character in which the, uh, in which the unicorn will try to kill you. Actually, all the more reason for it to happen. <laughs> actually, there's a, there's a great... Uh, there, there were used to be some cards they would do on releases of D&D mini-sets. Like just some, you know, comedy cards making fun of all the different figures. And the one for unicorn on one set was, uh, why would anyone want a unicorn figure? And then it shows a unicorn with, like, a whole bunch of heads on a torn, like, skewered on a torn, like a kebab. <laughs> and they, they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, see, you also get Tides of Chaos, um... To give yourself advantage on an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw. Once you do so, you must finish the long rest before you can do it again. And anytime before you gain the, the use of this feature, the DM can have you roll a my on the magic surge table after you cast a spell. Um, sorcerer spell, first level or higher. Then you regain the use of this feature. Yeah, that one is... And that one isn't even roll. Maybe it happens that... Yeah, I feel like doing something to you. <laughs> um, at sixth level, you get bend luck. Um, you can use a reaction to spend two sorcery points to roll a one d four, and apply a number as a bonus or penalty to the creature's roll. Um, you do so after the creature makes its roll, but before any effects of the roll occur, for an attack ability or saving throw. 14th level, you get Controlled Chaos. You gain a modicum of control over the surges of your wild magic. Whenever you roll them on the wild magic table, 
you can roll twice and use either number. And 18, you you get spell bombardment. Bombardment. <laughs> um, a the battle question. I mean, a Bible question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at the eight, at 18th level, the harmful energy of your spells intensifies. When you roll damage for a spell, roll the highest number possible on any of the dice. Choose one of the dice, roll it again, and add that to the... Okay, sorry. When you roll damage for a spell and roll the highest number possible on any of the dice, choose one of the dice, roll it again, and add that to the damage. You can only use this once per turn. Sadly, probably not going to come up a lot in our campaigns because we rarely get the highest numbers on any rolls. If you're rolling a four, yeah. once in a while you just have to get to the highest number. Yes, but it's you would think that, but look at our look at our uh, ability check scores. Fair Statistically, enough. it's it's impossible for us to roll this low. You know, somewhere there's some there's some D and D group just like us that get twenties every time. Because <laughs> you know it all balances out in the end. I'm gonna join that D and D group <laughs> <laughs> and bring down their luck. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. Of course, they kick you out. Hey, we were able to beat Demogorgon at level one, <laughs> but now you showed up and we all. Almost lost. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. I would die on the first turn anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that brings us to our final sorcerer's origin. Uh, storm sorcery. Um, your magic comes from the po raw power of el elemental air. Um says, many with this power trace their magic back to a near-death experience caused by the Great Rain. Uh, I, I, but, something in the realms real recently. Mm. I think. So, but, you know, it, it it's one of those, I, I, I like that they give possible I, I like that they give possible origins, but I think it's much better to just as an exercise, think of think of how you got it on your own. Um, yeah. But um, as a as a storm sorcery, um, the arcane magic infused with the elemental air, you can speak, read, and write primordial, um, and you can be your your understand by Aquan, Orion. Igan and Terran. Probably butchered those. And at first level, you can use a bonus action on your turn to cause whirling gusts of elemental air to briefly surround you immediately before or after you cast a spell at first level or higher. Doing so allows you to fly up 10 feet without provoking opportunity attacks. That's a good way to keep away since you don't get a lot of really good, you know, weapons or armor. Yeah. At sixth level... Uh, you get Heart of the Storm, you gain resistance to lightning and thunder damage. When you start casting a spell first level or higher that deals lightning or thunder damage, a stormy magic erupts from you. This eruption causes creatures of your choice that you can see within 10 feet of you to take lightning or thunder damage, equal to half your sorcerer level. Hmm. Easy way to kind of throw a little 
warning to them. Um, yeah. Also, at sixth level, you, your storm guide, you gain the ability to subtly control weather around you. Um, if it's raining, you can use an action to cause the rain to stop. If it's already raining, foot. can you ch cause it to become men? I don't know. It says you can use a bonus action to choose the direction wind blows in a 100-foot sphere around you, and it blows in that direction to the end of your next turn. It doesn't alter the speed of the wind. Curses. <laughs> uh, 14th level, when you're hit by a melee attack, you can use a reaction to deal lightning damage to the attacker. The damage equals your sorcery level. The, the attacker must also make a strength saving throw against your sorcerer spell DC. On a failed save, it's pushed. A, the attackers push a straight line up to 20 feet away from you. And apparently, they hit your they hit your dynamo or something. Yeah. Um, and at level 18, you gain the ability. You gain immunity to lightning and thunder damage. Uh, magical flying speed is 60 feet. As an action, you can reduce your flying speed to 30 feet for one hour and choose a number of creatures within 30 feet of you equal to 3 plus your charisma modifier. And then those creatures gain magical flying speed of 30 for one hour. Um, once you reduce your flying speed that way, you can't do that again until a rest. A long rest. So. I like that last ability. I don't think anything else has, uh, has like, a group fly sort of thing. No, I, I don't think anything does. Nothing outside of, like, a... a... I think there's maybe one spell that'll let you do it. But I'm not sure. Yeah, so... But, I mean, overall... They're pretty... I, I, I enjoy it. It's a... I enjoy Sorcerer class, and... I think any of those give both good you know, uh, role-playing abilities as well as uh, combat. Just let me know when you're going to be the storm sorcerer, so I can make the so I can make the boss of every single adventure of Blue Dragon. for the sorcerer um, I'd like to thank Zach and Seth for joining me and we will see you next time on Companions of this Perception Check I would like to thank all of our guests as well as bensound.com for our music Extreme Action, you can find them at bensound.com, as well as visit us at companionsofperception.net.